the sports gambling investigation at the University of Iowa. We have more names. We have more information. And we have you covered along with David Eichholt will be stopping by from 24-7 Sports. All today, Locked On Hawkeyes. You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Trent Condon, and this is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day. We're available wherever you get podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube. While you're there, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans and let you know when we're live each and every day. Well, the investigation has not completely come to a conclusion, but we are getting more clarity coming in from the ongoing investigation into Iowa athletics, along with Iowa State student-athletes that has been dragging on now for almost three months. We have been able to give you a lot of information on this front. This is something that I certainly have been well-equipped about. I've been able to pass along a lot of information as it has gone on. As we told you months ago, this investigation began with a look at sports wagering with people under age. And that has been really something that has followed through and that we have seen the biggest complaint and what these student athletes that have been involved with is a part of this that is set up in a way where they were gambling illegally, both under age and by using a proxy. For many of these, it has been using a family member. Sometimes it was a girlfriend. That is something that has been out there. And when I'm speaking of this, I'm speaking of both the Iowa and the Iowa State angle, because that's the way uh, that we look at it. Obviously, we take a look closely at Iowa here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast, and that is the most important part. But there are some generalities when Iowa State is also involved with this. And one of the biggest questions, and one thing I think we need to frame at the very beginning of this conversation is there is still nothing that leads anybody to believe that there was any game fixing happening, that was any point shaving happening. That still remains from the Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission. That is something that they maintain will continue at this point in time, that there is nothing that leads them to believe that there are any improprieties in this involved with these student athletes that we're talking about here. And that's an important component. And though the players that did wager on their own team or their own school, it looks like their NCAA days are over for those student athletes. It is good to know that the monitoring system that has been in place, that there is nothing that jumps out that says in the betting markets that these guys were shaving points, that they were fixing games because that opens up a huge, huge can of worms. So we have to start at the forefront with that. So the names that uh, came down. Aaron Eulis from the University of Iowa basketball program, a former starter for the basketball team a season ago. He was uh, involved in this. This is the first basketball player that we heard of. Also, uh, Garrett Christensen. Now, we've talked about Garrett a little bit. He hung up his cleats as he was part of the investigation. We knew that him, Keaton Anthony, a couple other players on the baseball team. And from what I have been able to find out, that's really where the ball started rolling, was with Garrett Christensen and what was happening there. I've heard a couple of different parts of the story, the way that the wheels got in motion here. But ultimately, that is kind of, if you're looking for that smoking gun, you're looking for the smoldering, where did this fire start? A lot of people have said that that is where it began, the baseball investigation began, and then student-athletes both at Iowa and Iowa State as they found out more and more betting activity happening 
in dorms, apartments. They have this geofencing, the DCI, the Iowa DCI, the Department of Criminal Investigation. They had a new piece of technology that allowed them to find out exactly where these bets were being made. When you sign up for an account, you sign up for a FanDuel, a DraftKings, a Circa, whatever it is, it also gives them ability to track where you are. Well, of course, you have to be inside the state borders. Those geofencing things are there. Well, they also allow you to find out where you're making these bets from, not just in the state of Iowa, but exactly where you are. And they were able to pinpoint, and they found a lot of activity was happening in the athletic offices, at the complexes for the different sports at both Iowa and Iowa State. And when they found that out, it led to the next layer, understanding, look, we have to look into this as the DCI. We have to do our job and the due diligence in order to find out exactly what was happening, how this was happening, and if there was exactly that. Game fixing, point shaving, they had to do that. The DCI was left no choice. They might not have wanted to do that. And as we found out with a lot of these guys, we're talking about players that are making incredibly small bets. Hunter Decker is a perfect example. You look at it, boy, he made $3,000 in bets. He's doing it $5 a time. $5 and $10 bets, that's what it is. And we will get into that part of it. And is the NCAA punishments too much? That's something that I definitely want to get into. But we do not have anything at this point in time that will point to this being some kind of huge gambling ring where tens of thousands and millions of dollars are being put out there. That is not what this is. Most importantly, no point shaving, no game fixing. We go with that component of it. Uh, the uh, other players that were also listed, uh, the final player that was charged in Johnson County, that is Aaron Blom, the back backup kicker and punter for the last couple of seasons. You remember late in the game against Iowa State this year, he came in with an opportunity to kick a field goal that would have tied the game and put it into overtime. And that 10-7, some call it a slugfest, others will call it just a, an absolute absolutely dismal a football performance out there. That aside, he was there. He did not make a bet in that game. He did make a bet, though, in the 2021 game. He bet the under in that game. And just to let you know, the closing number in that game was 45. Total points, 44. How about that? We're coming right down to the wire. In 2021, he had the under in that game. But for him, his NCAA career will be over. And these guys that we're hearing here, Garrett Christensen had already announced that he was retiring from baseball. Aaron Euless, who has since transferred to Nebraska, his career will be over because he also bet on Iowa games and, as we mentioned, with Aaron Blom. So that is kind of a baseline of things. We're going to bring in David Eichold here in just a little bit. We're going to talk with him a little bit about what is happening in this world. We're going to find out more about everything that is going on in this, get David's perspective on things. It's a busy time. Also, some breaking news from today. Iowa has picked up a new punter. That's right. A new punter, a Juco punter is coming in, leading to plenty of speculation. What does that mean? This is something that has been out there for a while. You go to the Iowa State side, Hunter Deckers. They brought in a Juco quarterback a couple of months back. And Decker's name has been out there for the, I mean, the longest time. This was the first name. Uh, talking to some people involved in the investigation and some of my contacts that I had, they mentioned right away his name. Uh, they also mentioned that there were some parts of it where the family not exactly uh, being the most forthright. And that led to maybe a little bit more digging about what else was going on. He bet on an Iowa State football game. 
that is a component that we have. But a lot of angles to this one. We got you covered here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast as we continue. David Eichel from 24-7 Sports, he will join us as well coming up here, and we will get his thoughts on everything going on in this investigation as we continue here on a Wednesday. This is Lockdown Hawkeyes. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. I have a small business with what I do with the radio and the podcast things. I hire different people to do different things as it pertains to sales, as it helps them out calling different games. And I've used in LinkedIn jobs and it is incredible. You're a small business owner. You know that time is money and they're able to do that for you. Get the job up there, do it quickly, and then be able to help you out finding that right candidate. All you do, add your job in the purple hiring hashtag will help you frame your LinkedIn profile and spread the word that you're hiring. It has simple tools like screening questions, make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockdown college. Again, that's linkedin.com slash lockdown college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Trent kind of back with you once again here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. As always, thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. And we are joined right now by David Eichold from 24-7 Sports as we well, take this thing from all angles. David, as always, uh, appreciate you joining us here today. Love to get you on the podcast. So, well, let's dig in and uh, kind of where we are in this investigation. It has been certainly a wild, basically 24 hours uh, since Travis Hines broke the news yesterday on the Hunter Deckers front with Iowa State. How you doing, my man? Hey, man, you know what? Like I said, I'm on the Dan Campbell uh, coffee diet right now, and I got my other one still out there. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be a busy time with all this conference realignment, with all this gambling stuff. Obviously, hopefully it's coming to a close. I mean, I know from behind closed doors, the Iowa coaching staff and Iowa State's coaching staff have been pretty frustrated with the process. I mean, you think back to two months ago when this investigation opened, you really thought it was going to wrap up in mid-June. I mean, I know I've been on your radio show. We talked with Ken Miller. We thought, you know, from people that we've talked to, that was going to be over in mid-June, maybe the weekend before the official visit weekend. But this has just really blown up a lot bigger than I think. I don't want to say anyone anticipated, but we've gone from nobody's betting on their own games to, well, Hunter Decker's bet on them. Uh, Iowa backup kicker Aaron Blom has reportedly bet on the under in an Iowa football game, which, you know, if he wasn't a student athlete, Trent, that's probably a pretty good bet for the most oh, yeah. part. I've made uh, plenty of those. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, I, I really do think we are coming down to the wire in this thing. Again, I, I would not be surprised if this thing wraps up in the next 10 days to two weeks. I mean, obviously, I think the criminal aspect of it is really locking down. But like they said, there's still an open investigation. They could still file more criminal charges. But it is interesting to see that seven you know, student athletes or former student athletes have been formally, at least allegedly, have been put bets on and obviously underage betting and all of that, but it's going to be really interesting to see how this continues going forward. Uh, this from the DCI, the department of criminal investigation, the investigation is ongoing and may result in the filing 
of additional charges. No further information can be released at that time. Now, that leads to speculation on our part. What are you hearing, David? Is this at least the criminal investigation part that you heard about? Do you anticipate getting any more names or are we now going to get into the next side? We're moving away from the guys that made bets on Iowa, on Iowa State from a Cyclone perspective. Or do you hear that there still might be some more charges that are happening here in the coming days or weeks? I think people need to also understand, Trent, we need to separate the NCAA's investigation versus the actual criminal aspect of this. I mean, we know that Noah Shannon's being investigated, which is why he didn't go to the Big Ten media days. But he is of age. I mean, that's a big aspect of it. He's not going under a false pretense name. I mean, former Iowa guard Aaron Eulis, what was the name? Anton Preston, I think was the name or something. It sounds like an NBA 2K My Career right. Villain arc or like some Grand Theft Auto villain with that sort of name. Anton Porter, excuse me. Let me let me correct myself there. But it would not surprise me if there were a couple other names that are going to continue to come up. I mean, I know there's been a lot of speculation. I don't want to pre-incriminate people, but I will say this, Trent. I mean, you've been talking to people behind the scenes. You've been on message board rumors, et cetera. None of which has come out has really been that surprising for the most part. The only thing I think that was very surprising was Aaron Ulysses' number of how many bets he placed and maybe even Hunter Decker's. I think, I think somebody tweeted that Hunter Decker's you know, placed more bets than he had completions last year. I mean, it's just just absolutely wild numbers of what's going on right now. But again, I, I do think for the most part, if you want to take it from an Iowa perspective, I still don't think that this is going to have that big of an impact on this upcoming, this upcoming season. Now, again, let's go back to Noah Shannon. He might not be criminally charged, but how long could he be suspended for under the NCAA's rules regarding gambling? I mean, I've heard it could be if he is found guilty, again, I don't want to pre-incriminate anybody, but we know he's being investigated. Maybe three to six games. I don't anticipate him missing the entire season. And if that is the case, I'm all aboard the Aaron Graves train, man. I really think Aaron Graves could be the Lucas Van Ness. And I think Iowa fans will be happy. No, he can't quite leave to go to the NFL after this season. But if he was an all-conference caliber guy this year without starting a game, it would not surprise me. But again, I think for the most part, in regards to Iowa basketball, in regards to Iowa football, I do think this is really slowing down, and I don't think it's going to have that big of an impact on this year's team. Once we got the press release from the DCI, I think that says a lot, too, that they're yeah. willing to come out with that release and basically saying, yeah, it's still an open investigation if we find out more, that there could be more names that are added. So we come to the NCAA time, and you know, you mentioned Hunter Deckers, and he made a lot of bets. But it was an average of just over $7 a bet. I mean, you anticipate it's a bunch of 5 and $10 bets. Yeah, you throw together an NFL parlay on a Sunday and, hey, let's see if I can hit a seven-teamer, those kind of things. Now, in the grand scheme of things, why do it? I mean, it's not worth it. You're not going to not. make a bunch of money doing things like that. And it just, in the grand scheme of things, for me, like, I just like to bet. And I bet every single yeah. day. But you add it up. <laughs> and that's why... The NCAA, the, the one problem that I had, and I said this right when it came out, when yeah. they amended their rules and changed it, is making it an accumulation. Look, you put 100 bucks in a DraftKings account, a FanDuel account, you do something like that, and you're betting 10 bucks a time, well, as long as your money doesn't run out, you're very quickly going to get over that $800 threshold just by doing that. I, I took a look at one of my accounts today. And this year, I am a $10 player. I'm happy doing that. I have fun still with it. It is a hobby for me. I know I'm not going to make a ton of money long term, but I looked at it this year. I've had a good year. Made a little over 400 bucks. I bet $15,000 this year, betting $10 a time. I haven't made one bet 
over 20 bucks all season long. <laughs> and I bet $15,000 since January 1st. Since I opened my account with this, uh, I've had $45,000 in bets. Guess how much money I've won or lost? $24. $45,000 wagered. I made $24 overall in this uh, one account, but it adds up quickly. And that's why I think the NCAA, they missed something here by putting up just these parameters under $200. Look, you look at Deckers and people's eyes are open, man. He made almost $3,000 in bets. What a big deal that is. But when it's $7 a time, that I think needs to be a component that the NCAA needs to look at again. No, and I, and I agree. Honestly, Trent, here's the thing. I, I think your complaints are right, but at the same time, I'm just happy the NCAA has anything put together in terms yeah. of structure because when I when this investigation started, you and I talked about a lot, obviously, on your radio show. I think I've been on here since then. You and I kind of chopped it up about it. We didn't know what was going to happen. I mean, I think that was the biggest thing. Were they going to suspend them all year? Were they going to be, you know, for bang $20? And by the way, you can rack up. If you hit the home run bets, you know, I think you could rack up some decent little dough right there on $10 <laughs> bets. But uh, no, I think that's the big thing. I'm happy there's a structure in place. But I also think for reading the reaction of uh, some people and something that I think people need to realize. And if I'm, if I want to give a message, first of all, if you're going to bet, which I don't, I don't think you should if you're a student athlete. The rules are right there. I mean, these yeah. this catches nobody by surprise, right? Mm -hmm. Don't be so damn stupid to bet on your own team. I mean, it, I, I, it's inconceivable to me that even if you're a walk-on, if you're a preferred walk-on, how do you place money? Even if you're not playing, how do you bet money on the game that you are going to be participating in or dressing for or on a team you're a part of? And to the parents, I mean, we've seen from the Iowa State yeah. and Iowa side, why are the parents condoning this? I mean, they should know even better than their, their son that they should not be betting on this. I mean, it reminds me of, I, I wish I remembered who said it. I mean, it was such a, it struck me as such a core. It's like the parents trying to be the cool parent. Like they're buying their, you know, 17, 18 year old kids before they get into college, they're buying them booze or letting them drink beer in the house. Mm -hmm. They're just trying to be kind of come across as, Hey, I'm more of your friend than a parent now. Be a parent. Shut that down if you have any inkling of it because you're risking so much more. It makes absolutely zero sense to me. It's completely ludicrous. And honestly, I think that they should face permanent loss of NCAA eligibility, whether it be Aaron Ulyss, whether it be Hunter Deckers, whether it be any Iowa athlete, whether it be Aaron Blom, any Iowa athlete that bets on their own games. It's ridiculous to me. But to go back to your original point, I need to go on that little tangent there. I'm just happy the NCAA has rules in place. I do think that they're going to have to go back and set different parameters because Hunter Decker's lawyer reminded me of Lionel Hutz off the Simpsons. I mean, there's no <laughs> way it's, it's insane to me. That statement was ridiculous. He basically pre-incriminated his client. And then yeah. you have to have a follow-up clarity statement. You probably shouldn't be a lawyer in the first place. But the, the thing that really just kind of stuck out to me about it is, and by the way, did you see that video about Hunter Deckers today that got that got posted? Yes. Yeah, the TikTok thing. That investigation is basically a wrap right there. If you mm -hmm. say, by the way, don't post this. Like he, even though he was likely inebriated, I don't want to, yeah. you know, I don't want to incite that. But he probably had a little bit of apple juice that day. <laughs> uh, if, if your last word is don't post this, you already know what you're doing is wrong. It, yeah. It's just and, and if you missed it, he he bet somebody that on camera five hundred bucks. I anticipate on the Iowa State game. I mean, it felt like a Hawkeye fan. You know, that's what it felt like. Don't know for sure. But, yeah, it was a handshake bet at a bar. And you can see that. And it was, it was a bad look, definitely. And we've known yeah. for a while 
that Hunter Decker's career, not just at Iowa State, but at the collegiate level was over. I've heard from a number of coaches at the NAI level that the family had been reaching out to them and trying to find a landing spot for Say, him. I know, remember there was a couple weeks ago that somebody leaks that he is a Dort College quarterback now. The update is Wikipedia. But, I mean, I've heard also he took a visit to Dort last week. I mean, yeah, he's not participating in fall camp. My brother in Christ, he's not participating on the team at all ever again. I mean, I think yep. it's pretty yep. much wraps there. Yeah, he's he's not playing in the NCAA ever again. Betting on your own team is a huge no-no. And Aaron Blom, his career is over. Making yep. one bet on the under in an Iowa, Iowa State game that he didn't play, but your career is over. It's as simple as that. It's the reality of the situation, and that's where we are. And then not only do we have that going on, now the Big Ten presidents are getting up by cold, and they're saying, you know what? Yeah. Let's see what else we can uh, drive up here. Right, August content sometimes can be very repetitive. We're going through the same things we have <laughs> since back in spring football. But I will tell you, we got a lot of new angles here. Are you excited about making a road trip up to Eugene or going to Seattle, maybe down to Ted, uh, Florida State to Tallahassee? Not here, too bad, here's right? The, here's the thing, man. I tweet, if Iowa's road schedule in a couple of years is Florida State, L.A., Eugene, and Washington, like sign me up. Somebody's got to do it. I'll do it to go cover A little bit the better games. than going to West Lafayette or Champaign, right? Yeah, you know, the crazy part about this entire realignment thing is I think you need to give the Big Ten credit here. And, I mean, obviously Kevin Warren's out, which is why I'm probably giving the Big Ten credit in this circumstance. But six days ago when at Big Ten Media Days when he was giving his opening statement, he talked about how they're only focused on USC, UCLA. And that was before the Pac-12 completely imploded. Colorado moves back to the Big 12. USC, UCLA are gone after next year. And I put on my board a couple of days ago, we were doing an ask me anything. They were asking me about realignment. And I said, it'd be stupid if the Big Ten didn't pick up the phone and reach out if people are trying to get off the Pac-12 ship. And it's not going to surprise me if Clemson and Florida State get off the ACC ship. I mean, I think we are shifting toward three power conferences because the Pac-12, I don't think is going to exist after this year. I think everybody's going to look to get out. And I need to give the Big 12 a lot of credit because I have destroyed the Big 12 time and time again, rightfully so at the time but they've done a phenomenal job of putting themselves back in contention to be that third kind. I don't want to say a third power power conference, but just behind the big 10, the sec. I think that's a big win for them, but knowing that there's going to be a shift in the dynamic, I think it's a very smart thing for the big 10 to reach back out to Oregon, to reach back out to Washington. I mean, you think back to last year, they basically cleared the way between the big 10 and those schools, but they were talking about if it made financial sense to be able to do that. So at this point for me, Unless there's some major shakeup, I, I do anticipate Oregon and Washington, at least one of those teams, joining the Big Ten in the next couple of seasons. I, I think this is the Pac-12s. I don't want to say last hurrah. They're not riding away in the sunset, but they're sinking faster than the Titanic. I think it's just this whole kind of catastrophe in itself. It's amazing to see how we've gone from what would they call it, Trent, between the ACC, Big Ten, and Pac-12. The Alliance. Yeah, the Alliance lasted – I think the alliance lasted long, like did not last longer than Carmelo Anthony's Atlanta Hawks career. Like it, it's just crazy to me how everything's just sort of shifted over the past three years between NIL, between the media rights deal, between the power conferences. I, I think we are pushing in a direction that's going way too fast. And I really hope we can make all this work out because if not, I think we're entering some dangerous waters. So a couple other things for you before we let you go. We're talking with David Eichold here, 24-7 Sports. You can find him, HawkeyeInsider.com. Does a great job. And a new punter for Iowa football. <laughs> now, you know what this leads to. It well led me having the scratch my chin emoji that I put up on Twitter. 
Well, we saw Iowa State go out and get a quarterback a couple months ago from the JUCO ranks. Iowa gets a punter from the JUCO ranks here in August. What can you tell us on this front, A, about him and about, well, the All-American punter? Do we have concerns there? Yeah, I mean, I think the reality is they just need somebody else that can potentially punt, right? Like, it's, it's yeah. obviously going to be Tory Taylor. Nobody's pushing Tory Taylor. Is, is this just a Blom thing because Blom's not going to be I, on the team? I believe this is just a Blom thing. Oh. I, I, and it's taking no opportunity away from the new Iowa punter, which is Ty Neeson from Iowa Western Community College. Nothing taken away from him. But the reason why this opportunity presents itself is because of Aaron Blom. And okay. with this, you know, we've talked about Tory Taylor leaving for three years at this point, right? Yeah. He's coming back. I do believe that Iowa's going to continue to kind of explore that Australian pipeline in the next several months to see if they can land their next Tory Taylor. I think LeVar Woods really likes that. And they obviously have a couple of great kicking academies out there, which is why you see that punting pipeline from Australia to college football. I think they're going to really utilize Tory Taylor in the recruiting aspect to be able to get a new punter. But again, I think this is strictly depth purposes because Trent, I'm serious when I say this, who is Iowa's backup punter? Because you know who I say it would be? It's Cooper DeGene. Yeah. <laughs> That'd probably be my best guess. Yeah. Oh, man. That that would be a scary situation. And injuries can happen to punter, too. I mean, somebody comes down, you step wrong, whatever it is, you got a guy falling into your leg. Look, I'm just, There's so many things that can happen. Knocking on, I'm knocking on yes. wood so people don't bookmark <laughs> this for you. I got you. Absolutely. Well, it's been a lot of fun here uh, getting together again with you in weird circumstances with the sports gambling investigation. Noah Shannon, we'll find out more there. Do you have a, a rough estimate on numbers of football players? One thing that I continue to hear and maintain that the Iowa wrestling team is probably going to be the hardest hit out of the yeah. uh, the 20, what, 26 student athletes that were originally uh, talked about there over the five sports, that wrestling is going to be the most impacted. Do you have a rough estimation on numbers of football players? I could give you a rough number. And by the way, I can echo what you say about the wrestling program. I don't want to speak to how many potential starters are out, but there's a reason why brands was so aggressive in the portal and why they try to get Gable Stevenson. And by the way, I need to say this and I'll get to the football. Iowa was supposed, supposed to land Gable until the last 36 hours, 48 hours, things dramatically really? shifted. Hmm. Yes. That, that's, I'm not the only one who says that. I know several of my colleagues can probably attest to that. Uh, but it was a very interesting kind of circumstance there. WWE money, et cetera, yeah, yeah. et cetera. But to go back to football, I, I believe based on talking to people in the last couple of you know days, again, this could completely change based on everything we've heard, similar to the you know people not banging on their own game. I, I think one, two deep players going to be impacted, potentially two, but I see no more than two based on what I'm hearing. And I would say roughly four to six overall players could be, okay. in, you know, I'm not saying four to six kicked off, but maybe discipline just in, yes. in some way. But to go back to what Kurt said at the uh, Big Ten media days, it's not a large number. And it's like the staff's not worried about it. They're just frustrated with the process because Shannon right now is still technically eligible, right? I'm only bringing him up because he's the only name that's public. Are they going to be able to practice with him? We don't know that yet because they don't want the NCAA to come down. on. It's going to be similar to Keaton Anthony. We'll see what happens. Yeah, and hopefully everything is taking place with the NCAA will come out. Then with their side, the DCI findings hopefully has been in the hands of the NCAA, and we'll find out. Getting over that $800 threshold, though, when we're talking about anything under that at most a game or two, I think we're looking at probably a lot of four-game suspensions. I ultimately think the yeah. guys that are going to be involved on the football side, 
that's probably what we're going to look at. And another aspect of this is if it is, say, another four players and they're going to have to sit out four games, we've seen in the past the NCAA allowing teams to kind of manipulate that and maneuver and, hey, your suspensions will be games three through seven. Your, your suspensions will be games one through four if the NCAA also will allow that. Something that we just don't know at this point in time. Well, at this point, if I'm Kirk Ferentz and you can do that, I think you beg for the first three three weeks mm-hmm. if it's three game suspensions. Because look, with all due respect to Iowa State, they're they, they're potentially starting a true freshman quarterback against yeah. Iowa's defensive line and Cooper DeGene, Xavier Wampa, and Jamari Harris. I mean, I mm-hmm. think that's what they'd want, right? I mean, uh, it, like you said, it, it will be interesting. I don't. I, I think it will be interesting to see what positions are impacted, and if it is mm-hmm. the defensive line, I think Iowa can afford to maybe be without a guy or two for no a couple doubt. of games. But if we're talking about the defensive backfield, buckle <laughs> up. A lot of depth. With all due respect to Phil Parker. Yes. They have talent, but there's not a lot of in-game experience. There's a reason why they were trying to land a third cornerback in the NCAA transfer portal, and they just they didn't want to throw out an offer to throw out an offer. And there wasn't a lot of talent guys that could really come in and make an immediate impact. And TJ Hall's going to get there. I maintain I it. I know it didn't look good last year against Nebraska – it was the fastest wide receiver in the Big Ten. He came in there, and he wasn't yeah. ready. But I remember Cohen Entringer. Of... Cohen Entringer. He was my That's favorite your dude, player. isn't he? He's, that was my favorite player in that class, and that includes Xavier Wampa. I'm a big, big Cohen guy. Okay, outside of Xavier. I, I said, oh, but he, he's up there for me. Co- Cohen was uh, – he's an intriguing prospect. I think he's going to make a noise. Maybe not this year, but next year for sure. Oh, great stuff as always. David Eichold here with us on Lockdown Hawkeyes, your team every day. David, as always, thanks for your time. We will certainly talk to you on the radio side of things over on KXNO with my daily show with Miller and Condon from 11 to 1. And we'll uh, try to get you on here at least one more time before the football <laughs> season kicks off again on Lockdown Hawkeyes. Thanks for joining us today. All right, bye. See you soon. Take care. That is David Eichold joining us here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Great stuff out of him. And a big thank you for him joining us as we wrap up this live edition of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. If you are joining us live, we will have plenty more of this coming up football season. Instant Reaction podcast. We will come to you live after not every game, but a number of them. I plan on being to Iowa City for a couple of games, including the opener. But we'll have you covered on a lot of different fronts uh, with the live podcast. And, of course, you can catch me every day. That's what we do here on the Lockdown Network, your team every day where we come out and bring you a daily podcast devoted to the Iowa Hawkeyes. While you're here, make sure you hit that subscribe button if you're on YouTube. If you're on the podcast side, five-star reviews. It helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. Thanks to David Eichold for joining us here today. Thanks to you for listening and watching with us as well. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Go Hawks.